Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, our first episode for 2020. Uh, Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name's Ray here and flying solo this episode. Well, kind of. Very shortly, we're going to be catching up with our very own Speed Demon. Uh, he's sponsored by Kiwi Rider and he's racing in, well, he raced Cemetery Circuit in a Formula 3 class, as well as a double stint on a Jixa 150, Zach Fuller of Zach Fuller Racing. We're going to be catching up with young fella Zach very shortly, as well as a little bit later in the podcast, we're going to hear from Jock McLaughlin, his story that was in Kiwi Rider magazine November last year, following his ride on the Yamaha Nikon, of course that crazy three-wheeled monstrosity uh, that has polarised New Zealand motorcyclists. But before we get there, we will catch up with... 18-year-old Zach Fuller. Uh, name's Zach Fuller. Um, I'm from Hamilton, New Zealand. Oh, I'm 18 years old. Um, I work um, in, as in parts at Kawasaki, New Zealand. You're a Kiwi rider, sponsored rider, right? Yep, yep. Veg, yeah, he's he's my man, my main, main man. And I yep. found you on Facebook doing great things in the Suzuki series. Three rounds. Uh, what was it, two weeks before Christmas, a week before Christmas, and then, of course, Symmetry Circuit on Boxing Day? Yeah, yep. I rode in uh, Formula 3 on my new SV650, um, thanks to Suzuki New Zealand for hooking Kiwi Rider up with that, and yeah, and Kiwi Rider, of course, it's been going real good, yeah, off to a real good start. What did you race in all three rounds of the Suzuki series? Um, I raced in the Formula 3 class, so... Uh, my pro twin, well, SV is a bit underpowered. I have about oh, 30 less horsepower than some of those bikes, to 25. Uh, but I'll be racing uh, the pro twins down nationals um, this coming week. So, um, yeah, we're heading down to Christchurch. Yeah. So take yeah. us back to uh, two weeks before Christmas, the first round of the Suzuki Series. Uh, talk us through it. First round, I, I'd never rode the bike. Um, we went to the practice day on the Friday. Yeah, we were just um, getting used to the bike. It was quite a big big step for me. Um, I'd never rode anything faster than a 400. But, yeah, that really helped, um, riding the 400 and then jumping on that. sort of picked it up pretty quick, and, and we ended up, I think we got a ninth and a, a sixth or something and to come away with second pro twin for the weekend. Yeah, and fourth or fifth fifth overall. Yeah. No, it was it turned out to be quite a good weekend. Yeah, it was I was I was more than happy with that. Yeah. So given that was your your biggest bike you've ever ridden, that was probably a, a bit of a confidence boost then, yeah? Yeah, I thought it would be a lot more bike, but it just sort of come to me pretty quick. I've rode heaps of different dirt bikes over the years and I think that sort of helped me familiarise myself with whatever bike I jump on, yeah. Yeah. And then going into round two, Manfield, uh, talk us through that weekend. Uh, Manfield was was cool. We had some last-minute suspension changes um, at NTB Racing, and we missed the Friday practice. And we went out Saturday, um, and I I topped the first practice and then qualified. Oh, I topped the first practice for uh for the pro twins and i was yeah like second second outright and then um we went to oh, i qualified second pro twin and won the first race in the pro twins and i think i was fourth outright 
yeah, and then race two got a got a fifth and our second pro twin, and race three fourth again and first pro twin. Oh, so cutting it fine on the uh, on the podium there. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, it was um that was really confidence booster weekend to be up with those top boys um because they were quite ahead of me at taupo but yeah bike was handling real good we got a real good base set up going and did the uh, did the red mist descend going into uh into boxing day at cemetery circuit uh yeah uh, um oh i i'm a motocross boy so cemetery circuit I've done well there in the past, winning the last two on the Jicks for 150. So I was pretty confident going in there. Um, ended up, yeah, I got third in qualifying, fifth in race one. I had a bit of trouble trying to pass the Supermoto. Uh, and then we got a second in the last race against all their three boys. And um, almost, if I had another lap, I reckon I could have tried to pass for the win but yeah no that was that was my favorite ride so far ever on a road bike no it was it was wicked brilliant so uh of course at, at cemetery circuit as well as the pro twin you were double stinting on a on a second motorbike right yeah um i was riding uh uh Jixa 150 in the in the Jixa Jixa cup um yeah i thought it, my sister oh it's my sister she's riding it at the moment but mum and dad didn't want her to ride it uh, at cemetery, so I thought I'd step up and <laughs> or step down, I guess. But no, nah, it was it was fun. It was wicked. Um, I qualified first and got a second in the first race and a first in the last race to take the overall win for the Jigs Cup. So for yeah, third third one at cemetery in a row so yeah that's quite cool to have on my resume yeah hey so question uh because there's a few road races uh, around new zealand at the moment who have also ridden dirt what does it take to go from a dirt bike to a road bike and be competitive like yourself or is it just is it just much of a muchness is it just being on a bike it's 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 not yeah, you pick it up pretty quick, I think, if you've rode dirt. Um, and I think you bring in a lot of skills from the dirt bike stuff that um, really, really help with the road, for sure. Just the bike moving underneath you and stuff like that. And, and then you, you see that when we go to Cemetery Circuit in the street races that the dirt bike boys do really well because it's, it's almost like riding a motocross track on tarmac. Um, but you see a lot of the motocross boys nowadays that are right up there, like Mitch Reeves and Damon all road motocross. And yeah, no, nah, it's, 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 motocross really helps with all that. And I try to do as much as possible um, on the off season to keep up those skills. Yeah. Brilliant. So you said you're going down to Christchurch for a bit of a, a race. What are you riding? And uh, to talk me through it. What's, what's the thought process going into uh, an event so far from home? Uh, um, oh, we got the first first round of the New Zealand Superbike Nationals, um, and I'll be riding my SV650. Yeah, the thought process is just, oh, I just want to keep it consistent, keep it on two wheels. There's always the consistency when championships, I guess. Um, I've got my goals set in place, and yeah, I just want to yeah be consistent and uh, be up, 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 up the front pack, and yeah, and yeah, I'm just, I'm rearing to go, pumped, yeah carry this energy from cemetery circuit into the first round yeah. and who's who's your target i mean who are you are you looking at any anyone in particular going if i can match you then i've i've got it in the bag type thing um there's a few yep um i don't know if i'll mention names because 
they might, they might hear this, but yeah, I've got my eyes on a few. Yeah. Um, well, Ben, Ben Rosendale is always the one to look out the champ. Um, he's a good measurer. So yeah, he's always one to look out for. Yeah. Brilliant. Zach Fuller, follow him on Facebook, Zach Fuller Racing. Hey, thanks very much for your time. Uh, have you got anyone that you want to shout out to? Any sponsors you want to say good day to? Kiwi Rider, Suzuki New Zealand, uh, NTB Racing, Garth May Farm Bike Servicing, Maho Land Company, BRM Dino, Pyro, Pirelli New Zealand, Crown Kiwi Enterprise, Bell Helmets, Alpine Star, Race Supplies, Kia Trailers, Eurobike, F1 Engineering, KSS and Bike Sporting Gig. Outstanding. Zach Fuller Racing. Hey, thanks very much, Zach, for your time. Good luck for your uh, your, your future endeavours, and we'll be watching you with, uh, with bated breath down in Christchurch. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's been awesome. Catching up with you guys, yeah. We're diving straight into things with a story from Jock McLaughlin that uh, featured in the first issue of Kiwi Rider from November 2019. What happens when you take an old school dirt rider and chuck him on a three-wheeled machine from Yamaha? Well, we're about to find out. With a firm idea of what a bike should look like, Jock McLaughlin challenges his own perceptions with Yamaha's Nikon. My first impression of the Yamaha Nikon was purely from Yamaha's publicity images. At the time, I could see the design team had definitely nailed the alien meets predator look, and there was some serious engineering going on in the front end. I found I was torn between polar opposites. Was it admitting defeat as a two-wheeled motorcyclist to start riding such a machine? Or was it the greatest technological breakthrough and safety lifeline motorcycling has seen since forever? As a lifelong passionate motorcyclist, I have an image in my head of what I believe a motorcycle should look like. And it's not the Nikon. Also, I think part of what makes people ride motorcycles is a rebellious daredevil streak that loves the challenge and innate pleasure of trying to master what is inherently an unstable machine. So, does that make the Nikon a little too PC to be considered a real bike by long-term riders? But there is the other side of the equation. The Nikon definitely looks futuristic and cutting-edge cool in a Transformers kind of way. It is certainly an attention grabber. Also, two front wheels have more or less double the front-end grip. There is absolutely zero downside to that in my mind. I'm thinking amazing front-end confidence and safety on wet roads. And lastly, the uniqueness alone will appeal to many. From what I've seen on social media, opinion of the Nikon is very polarised. Just my opposing thoughts above can show that. Though those who have actually ridden the Nikon are all extremely positive. Only some bloody-minded ones who have not ridden it don't seem to like it, which kind of speaks volumes. Clearly, this was going to be an interesting and exciting KR test, and I couldn't wait to throw a leg over it. The engine and rear of the machine is quite similar to that found on the Yamaha MT-09 and MT-09 Tracer, so for now we'll get straight on to how the front end handles and behaves. While out riding around, I tried my best to unsettle the front end, and believe me, I really tried. I pushed it into wet turns on tarmac and gravel, I lined up some bad potholes that only one front wheel would hit, and I drove it into braking bumps in pretty much the same fashion. I'm not sure why, but I was almost secretly hoping there might be a little sideways flick of feedback through the bars. Some fault in the system that I could happily write about. Nothing I tried ever upset its stability. It simply has an uncanny ability to remain in control and well behaved. Then in the back of my mind I had convinced myself that the front end was near perfect. 
I was still a little concerned about wheelies. What would happen if the front came down with the bars slightly to one side? Would it bike and kick back through the bars? Like when you touch a single front tyre down a little sideways at high speed and the front is rotating much slower than the rear and it snaps back into speed. It could genuinely feel ugly. Again, no such worries at all. In fact, it feels more stable landing than a single wheel. Not only that, but the general confidence in parts from the exceptional front-end grip. It is sometimes a little different though. When riding a two-wheeler on gravel, it is at times helpful to use a wheel or water rut, anything with an edge really, to hold the bike on line in a turn. But if you aim for a rut on the Nikon, you'll miss it with a front wheel going on either side. Then the rear locks into it. This is the same on the road. With two inline wheels, you look for a 100mm wide smooth line. But on the Nikon, it's more like a two feet wide line. Instinctively, I tread a line between potholes. But sometimes that's trickier with two front wheels. Really, it's just a slight mental adjustment, but definitely something to get used to. While the actual ride feels remarkably similar, almost disturbingly so, given how much extra engineering is going on up front. On a smooth road in normal conditions, it feels absolutely like a conventional bike. However, at times, only really though, there's the feeling of a slight amount of extra inertia or weight through the front of the bike. But, oddly, it's not really felt through the bars. However, there is more obvious weight at the bars when changing lock doing wheelies, the only time it's really felt through the bars. The suspension action up front is genuinely excellent, very plush, very controlled. It never seems to bottom out, it just takes everything in its stride effortlessly. There's no point in me going into fine detail about how the front end works. I'm not an engineer and it's a very sophisticated system. But the basics are four USD forks, two on each side, support each individual front wheel to stop it twisting and stay in line. The forks have 110mm of travel and are robustly clamped into two parallelograms that are mounted into a central pivot with a steering arm and link underneath them. Above the two sets of fork clamps, there are two steering heads. As the bike is laid over, these parallelograms pivot, allowing the inside wheel to rise and the outside wheel to extend, while keeping the amount of suspension travel available the same on both sides. But the two sets of forks can still react independently to bumps. While this is going on, the steering arm is obviously taking care of aiming the twin 15-inch wheels in the right direction. For Tech Boffins, the caster angle is a tight 20 degrees and Yamaha chose not to use the normal 17-inch front wheels because they created too much inertia. Each wheel's rear fork is fully adjustable for damping changes. While the front fork has no damping control, it is solely there for stabilising the front wheel. The main thing to know though is that the whole quite complicated system works incredibly well and 90% of the time you would never know it has two front wheels. What I wasn't so impressed with was the rear suspension action. Frankly, has somewhat of a budget feel to it. The rear suspension is a typical single shock system with rebound and preload adjustment mounted on a rising rate linkage with 125mm of wheel travel. While it is by no means bad, it doesn't feel particularly controlled or plush, sometimes giving uncomfortable feedback on our less well-conditioned back roads. Perhaps it was the fact that the front was so good that made the rear seem so poor in comparison. Each front wheel has a single 298mm disc with 4-piston caliper and ABS functionality. 
The braking strength is more than adequate with plenty of feel, but it's not in the super powerful superbike category. The rear braking is a 182mm single disc two-piston caliper. Overall stopping is very good, but there's no denying the 263kg dry weight. I never found out how to turn the ABS off, but if you can, I'm thinking the Nikon could nail a few stoppies. The engine as mentioned above is used on other Yamaha models, and for good reason. The triple cylinder 847cc is a beauty. Responsive, quite linear power delivery, easy to use, quick and fun. For the Nikon, Yamaha has added 18% more crank mass and two teeth to the rear sprocket to help punch along that extra mass. It works. The Nikon is plenty sprightly, will wheelie easily has strong top-end power along with flexible bottom-end torque that's great in town and in slow traffic. The numbers aren't huge, 84.6 kilowatts at 10,000 rpm and 87.5 newton meters at 8,500 rpm. But there's still plenty there. There's also a quick shifter on the six-speed gearbox and a slipper-type clutch. Of course, there are multiple levels of traction control and power delivery options plus cruise control but as always, to feel the machine in full beast mode, you need to choose full power and turn the traction control off. Yes, this engine is a very solid performer in all regards. The ergonomics are quite normal feeling despite it looking wide from the rider's seat. The seat is comfortable and overall I was pretty comfortable on board the Nikon. Perhaps though, I was a little cramped in the leg department, but that's normal for me at almost 6 foot 4. For my height, the low and non-adjustable screen was hopeless, more or less a complete waste of time. I see other models have a higher screen, which would be more suitable, but it is still not adjustable. The dash is an all-LCD unit with white numerals on a black background. It's very clear and easy to read in all conditions and has a heap of information. Overall, I think the Nikon is a stunning success. Yamaha have achieved what they intended. The Nikon rides just like a two-wheeled bike, but has nice front-end grip and is therefore a safer option. The engineering is totally sound and Yamaha has created a media storm of interest, so there's no downside for them. Personally, I'd love to see this front-end on a massive Tourer with electric suspension. You could cruise to a stop on your fully loaded Mega Juggernaut. The electric suspension locks the front-end and you wouldn't even have to put your feet down. That'd be perfect for heavy bikes and shorter riders or those with leg disabilities. Perhaps that is the ultimate application for the Nikon front-end. All I can say is watch this space. Jock McLaughlin of Kiwi Rider, his thoughts on the Yamaha Nikon. For more on that story, photos and a whole lot of specs, check out Kiwi Rider's November 2019 edition. Moving forward, please do hit that like button and hit that subscribe button. If you wouldn't mind sharing this podcast with a riding buddy of yours, uh, that's how we can spread the word and uh, share all these stories and news and events uh, to do with motorcycles in New Zealand with uh, a wider audience. This is Kiwi Rider Podcast, formerly Powerband Podcast. For a full update on the name change and what's behind it, do check out our season intro that came out the 2nd of January 2020. 
Of course, for more on all the stories we've mentioned here and a whole lot more, you can check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine. Just go to kiwirider.co.nz or check us out on Facebook at Kiwi Rider magazine or at Kiwi Rider podcast on Facebook. And of course, we're on all the other social media pipes as well. I've been Ray Heron. Thank you very much for joining us for the first proper episode of Kiwi Rider podcast for 2020. Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll be back in seven days' time.